Today is Friday, October 20th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. President Biden speaks to the nation last night about Israel. Also wants more funding for Ukraine, too. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're all getting through this news of the cray. It is a crazy world out there each and every day. It doesn't stop. And so we love having you with us each and every weekday morning here, bright and early. Joining me, bright and early, Billy Hallowell today. Trey's off. Billy, good morning. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. It's it's cray every day, the news (laughs) over here. It really is. It really is. And... Israel continues the ground invasion really looming. President Biden spoke to the nation last night. We'll get into that a little bit. Patricia Heaton also, we talked about her this week, but she is not stopping in her defense of Israel. No, she is like an IDF spokesperson. I mean, she has just been, I think she's so horrified by some of the reaction to what we're seeing. And so she is sounding off. And she's not wrong. It is horrifying. Some of it, a lot of it actually is. So we'll get into that. Also, on the main thing, more than 360,000 reservists have been called up for the ground invasion, ahead of the ground invasion in Israel. CBN's Chuck Holton has more on that on today's main thing. I mean, that's incredible when you think about it. I mean, we don't really have a similar system here in America. And so the fact that they're already, there's, there's a lot there, and Chuck's got details on that. He talked to a lot of them there on the ground in Israel, so we'll have that. On the main thing, all of that coming up and more, but first we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. President Biden addressed the nation last night in a rare Oval Office speech. In it, he said that U.S. leadership is what holds the world together. He also told Americans that the country has to deepen its support of Ukraine and Israel in the middle of these two vastly different and Um, unpredictably and bloody wars. He acknowledged that while these conflicts seem, quote, far away, that it's vital for America's national security. He did all this as he's expected today to ask for billions of dollars in military assistance for both country. He said, history's taught us when terrorists don't pay a price for their terror, When dictators don't pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos and death and more destruction. They just keep going. So later today, we're expected to see him ask for $105 billion, including $60 billion for Ukraine, also $14 billion for Israel, and then $10 billion for unspecified humanitarian efforts. Representative Jim Jordan has not given up his fight to win the speaker's gavel. He's not going to drop out despite some resistance. And they're expected to have another vote later this morning. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Billy, there's so much. We're only scratching the surface here on, on Biden's speech and Israel and everything going on there. But the president did speak from the Oval Office last night, and we're at a time here now when people are starting to, you know, almost two years into this, I guess a year and a half into Ukraine, people are getting weary, especially with America's economic woes here at home, of sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. Obviously, Israel just happened, so you ha- you don't have that um, frustration yet. That's brand new, but 
for Ukraine, it's a little bit different. So it was interesting to hear the president make that case last night. Yeah, it's interesting to see him connecting the two. I do think, you know, it's so complicated, right? Because when you look at this, at the end of the day, these are almost proxy wars between yeah. the U.S. and Russia and the U.S. and Iran. Yeah, right? and, I mean, that, and China, that, too. And China. And, and I think it's really foreign to people here for us to think, oh, you know, by funding these things overseas, and I'm not making an argument for it, I'm just explaining right. the other side, that you're actually protecting your own country, right? It, right. Do, it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, how would that be protecting us? But, but I do think because these are proxy wars with these other countries, that there are some interesting arguments. I, one other thing I'll say, that the Israel support... You know, it's interesting because it flies in the face of what his own party wants. There's some really shocking stats out there showing that the Democrats are actually more sympathetic right now to Palestine than they are Israel. So within his own party, this is not something that is is popular. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, it's interesting to see it all unfold because President Biden from the beginning has kind of made some strong statements towards supporting Israel. And, of course, you saw more of that last night. And to your point, there are a lot of Democrats. That is not the mainstream Democratic Party line. And, I mean, look, Hamas is horrible. And I don't – and it is interesting to see. I mean, you saw BLM and others put up the paragliders thing. But what I'm surprised at is the level of visceral support. Like, like now is just not the time to be going – all in on the Palestinian cause. And no one's against innocent Palestinians in Gaza, right? Like, that's just not a thing. But you just have to time these things to, to come out and and have these massive protests when Israel suffered essentially their 9-11. And if you extrapolate the numbers proportion-wise, it's way worse than 9-11. I, I forget what number. I did it once, and I, I can't remember the number off the top of my it's head. Like 40, but I, yeah, it's like 40,000. It's like 40,000 or 40, something. Americans, yeah. like a 9-11 like size thing. That's because Israel only has 9 million people. And so that's insane. And so to have that level of insensitivity to immediately turn and make it as if we saw the hospital thing, we went over that yesterday, and make it as if this is Israel now causing this humanitarian crisis. It's it's really egregious. It really is. Because I keep, I don't know about you, yeah. Billy, but I keep seeing these videos. And I don't, I don't, I'm forcing myself to watch some of them. I don't want to see them. But but the Hamas GoPro videos are, are coming. They, these guys were wearing GoPros as they went in and slaughtered innocent Israelis. And you, you see some of these get released. I saw them shooting down a dog that was just kind of trotting towards them when they were walking around on this kibbutz. And it's like, this is pure evil here. And so it's not a good look to sit here and just immediately go out to this Palestinian cause at this particular time. I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, it's a lot of these polls back in March, Gallup, it's so interesting. Gallup asked this question, right, of Americans. Mm -hmm. And I have the numbers in front of me right now because I was so alarmed by them. This is how the Gallup, the Gallup story on the data opens up. It says, after a decade in which Democrats have shown increasing affinity toward the Palestinians, their sympathies in the Middle East now lie more with the Palestinians than the Israelis. It's 49% versus 38%. Mm -hmm. So 49%. So this is a major problem. To your point, I don't understand how you get to that place, right, after seeing what happened. Right. But but the numbers, they have an 11-point increase. And these are just Democratic Americans in support for Palestinian over the last year. 
before this happened. So there's something going on, I think, within the party. And, you know, you, you don't want to look at things politically, but you think, well, Biden's looking at the rest of the country and independents and Republicans, right, who are actually very supportive of Israel yeah. and it's inverted. So I don't know. It, it's um, and then, you know, you hope that policies are being made based on what's going on on the ground, not on on politics. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That is all you can hope for and pray for is. I mean, Israel's just, this is horrific. And as we're going to get into with Chuck Holton in a minute here on the main thing, they've got 360,000 people are flying in from around the world. You know, Israeli Jews who are coming back to serve and to fight. And this is going to be a, if they do do it, a ground war that's going to be intense and bloody and you're going to die. A lot of people are going to die going into that. So this is not a light thing. And um, it's, it's a huge sacrifice for them. And so we definitely need to be praying. And, you know, it's... Um, makes sense from that to go into our next story with Patricia Heaton. It's why you need people to stand up and especially influential people because you're seeing this shocking overreaction towards the Palestinian cause when it's so closely connected to Hamas and the horrible things they did. But Patricia Heaton's definitely continuing to defend Israel. What did she say now? Yeah, you know, most people know her from Everybody Loves Raymond in the middle, uh, but she has been coming out strong on social media. I mean, almost endless throughout the day since this happened. She first started, as we reported, supporting Israel in general, changing her avatars, you know, on social media to the Israeli flag. Uh, But now she's going after at least one politician, journalist. She's going after educators at colleges who are saying um, insane things after after this attack. Uh, This week, though, she specifically took aim at Representative Rashida Tlaib um, after the congresswoman accused Israel of bombing a Palestinian hospital. She has still, th- this particular congresswoman has not backed away from this. Her initial tweet w- was still live, you know, as of yesterday about this. I haven't looked today, but I'm assuming it's still live. She's gone to events and has continued to say that Israel bombed the hospital and this just seemed to really set Patricia Heaton off. Um, she took to to X, you know, formerly Twitter, and you know, basically went after the, this congresswoman. She said, "Your tweet is a straight up lie. Yet you refuse to take it down, despite knowing it is causing rioting around the world. Is your goal to foment violence and divide people? Shame on you!" And that was just one of the the messages yesterday. She has been staunchly pro-Israel in the midst of this. Yeah. Why do you think Tlaib's uh, reaction on this matters? Yeah, the reaction on this matters because, you know, moving away from Heaton and just talking about that for a minute, when you look at what is going on, you have a situation, I mean, my goodness, people have gone on and on and on about Donald Trump and incitement, and yet suddenly nobody's talking about these things. If that's if that's a line that you really believe, that people are inciting violence, you have people in cities all over the world right now who are protesting Israel over this. And that particular story, I mean, what a sane person does and a good person does if they made a mistake and they've said something is true that isn't, when it's proven to be untrue, you go out and you say, you know what, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. That's what people respect. To continue to dig in on something that we don't have full details on and that seems to not be what you're saying it is, that that's a major problem. And... I'm alarmed, to be honest, it doesn't matter what party the person is in, I'm alarmed that a an elected official would continue a narrative like that, knowing that people's lives literally are at risk in one part of the world and perhaps all over the world. Yeah, and she also went after journalists too. What did she say there? 
Yeah, so Heaton Heaton has gone after journalists repeatedly on this. She actually, you know, re-shared. It's not called retweeting anymore. She shared a an NBC story um, where they were citing numbers, you know, in Pal in Palestine, you know, deaths. And she said NBC uses uses Hamas as their news source. And then she said Palestinian health officials, in quotes, are Hamas. Other media outlets are doing the same. They have completely delegitimized themselves and destroyed the last crumb of integrity they had. And she's referring there to the way that these numbers are reported. Oh, this is coming from the Palestinian health official. She's like, that is Hamas. You're yeah. just, you're taking their numbers and, right. and peddling them. And she also pointed out an interview that was done from Sky News that a lot of people have seen where the question was just bizarre that was asked of the IDF spokesman. So yeah, she's... She's hitting people hard, you know, where it hurts on, on this. Yeah. Uh, why do you think of voices like, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit, but what, what can you add about why voices like hers do matter in these back and forths? You know, I think voices like hers matter. You know, she's always been bold on different issues like the pro-life movement. And, um, you know, I, I think you what you want to see, you don't want people being annoying about political opinions, in my view. I don't want to hear, but this is not a political opinion. This is a life or death situation. And so when you have something like this going on and so many people are either blaming Israel or some people are, are just, you know, it's like this, they're trying to make it equivalent, right? Like Israel yeah. did this and, and they did this. So to have somebody boldly speak the truth at a time when so many people are spouting lies is actually really, really inspiring. And I think it helps educate people, you know, her fans who might not fully know what's going on. She's providing information here in context. Um, you know, she, again, she's even gone after the professors at some of these universities who have one guy said he was invigorated by what happened. Ugh. I mean, these are educators. Look, this is why these numbers are the way they are that we read before, because these educators are, you know, just infiltrating young people with these crazy messages. Yeah. And I think it's important as well, because what you have today, and we've talked about this uh, rel relatively frequently on the podcast here, but it's so important. And it's, we have like a scrolling society right now. They don't dive deep into stories. And so you get so many people that just kind of flick the thumb and scroll the headlines and don't get. And so like you're just saying, the headlines that come out oftentimes, like if you just scrolled and saw on this hospital bombing, even the New York Times, after all the backtracking, when this story started to kind of unravel as far as how it was originally reported, this hospital bombing, that it was Israel's fault, then they just left their headline vague. This is the main headline on the New York Times. I don't have it in front of me, but it was something like hospital bombing in Gaza stirs protests. Now, they didn't. So that's not technically wrong, right? It did. But they're just leaving the insinuation there that it's Israel's fault. They still leave that up there. And so if you don't have people who are out here explaining this stuff, people don't read beyond just the scroll. And so it's important for folks with fans and with a with a platform to use it and explain things. And it's sad that it's come to that today. But it really is necessary because in a scrolling society, people have a lot of opinions based on not a lot of information. Yep. Yep. And I think, you know, that's such a good point. And I think because of that, you need that context. And, and again, I know people get tired of celebrities involving themselves and everything. And I get that. But I think in this case, she's providing that context. I mean, you go to her X feed, Patricia Heaton, and it is every minute she's got tweets and information it's not surface she's going pretty deep on this and so it's i think it's helpful for that context sure is
Uh, appreciate you bringing that one, Billy. Hearing her comments on that, and it's good to see someone taking a stand. You know, when it's not easy to do. All right, we're gonna head to the main thing now, and the IDF has called up over three hundred thousand reservists since this awful Hamas massacre back on October seventh, and they're mobilized, and that's about four percent of Israel's population. And some are coming from all around the world to support what is a coming ground invasion that many expect. Well, CBN's Gordon Robertson caught up with our own Chuck Holton, who is on the ground in Israel. He's talked to a lot of these reservists, and uh, here is Gordon's conversation with Chuck. That's today's main thing. Well, the Israeli Defense Forces called up 300,000 reservists after the attack. About 360,000 from around the world have responded to that call, and some of them are deployed in the areas around Gaza. Well, CBN correspondent Chuck Holton is on the ground in southern Israel. He's with us now. What's the mood of the troops that you've talked to? Hi, Gordon. I'd say it's a grim determination that I've seen uh, just talking with some of these troops this morning, and they've basically said, we are trained, we are ready to do this, and we are absolutely committed to wiping out Hamas. Uh, I was just with a group of uh, young cadets from the Israeli version of West Point Military Academy, and they said, we never expected to be leading men into combat this quickly. We're not even finished with our schooling, but they've called us up and we're ready to go. And uh, so actually, there's uh, this place where I am, you can see I'm on a playground. It's, a, it's in a place that is close enough to the border with Gaza that is within range of uh, mortars and artillery. And those are not the kind of things that can be shot down by the Iron Dome system. So while we were talking with some, some of those troops from the Israeli version of West Point, uh, there was a, an air raid and we all had to run for the shelter. Uh, and after the, the rounds impacted, then they just sort of sauntered back out and got on with what they were doing. Uh, you can see probably here the video of that. Uh, we're close enough that when that siren goes off, you've got 10 to 15 seconds to get to shelter before the rounds start impacting. And the system is good enough that it can tell uh, very closely where they're going to land. So it doesn't uh, sound that alarm unless you are really in danger. So they take it seriously. You can see that they run for the shelter. And once the rounds had impacted, they came back out and that was it. Well, I just heard the siren on the B-roll. I hope that's not live right now. I hope that's something that was recorded. Because if it's live, please put that helmet on and, and, and drop the mic and get to safety. Uh, I'm hearing reports that there's so many people responding to the call-up uh, that there's just not enough uh, resources uh, to, to help them actually fight the battle. So uh, is that true? And, and how are people responding to the needs? Well, I would not say that they don't have enough resources to fight, but they were sort of overwhelmed by the response. Uh, they said they got 160% of what they requested from people. And uh, indeed, when I was uh, flying in here, I was on Georgian Airways out of Tbilisi, and the plane was completely full of Russian Jews, young people, that were coming in to join up. Uh, when you go to the airport, it looks like kind of a cross between spring break and preparing for a hurricane or something 
something like that. Uh, there are people meeting their loved ones here, these kids that have been on their gap year and coming back from college. Talked to one guy yesterday from Chicago that was in school, and when he heard about Black Saturday, well, this is what they're calling this on October 7th, uh, he immediately uh, just jumped on an airplane, came over here four days later. He had a gun in his hand, and he's up on the northern border getting ready to defend his country up there. So the mood of the troops is, uh, like I say, serious. It's grim, and uh, they obviously did not plan on this, but the entire country is pulling together to feed these people, to house them, give them socks and underwear, and you name it, whatever they need, the whole country is in this to win. Gordon? Do you have a prediction of, uh, you know, just looking at it on the ground, uh, do, is this going to be something that can be quickly resolved, or are we months away uh, from a resolution? Well, I've actually heard some of the officers that I've interviewed say, I hope it's not over quickly because nothing that th is this important is going to be done in a week. We are committed to, to do this as long as it takes. And when we are ready to go in, we will go in and we'll make this happen. All right. That's a great analysis. Thanks, Chuck. And please stay safe and put that helmet on right away. Yep. All right. There's... CBN's Chuck Holden with Gordon Robertson. And, oh, man, it's it's crazy hearing all of this on the ground. You hear the sirens going. They had to, Chris Mitchell and team had to go run into one of those shelters. And it's it's absolutely insane. But this ground invasion is, as they were just saying at the end there, this is not something you just go in and it's easy peasy. And I mean, there's tunnels under there. I mean, this is going to be rooting people out. This is going to be really, really tough stuff. It is. And, you know, I think outside of the logistics of what goes on on the ground, you have this, I think, fear of what what is going to happen in the rest of the world? How are other countries yeah. going to react to this? We already have seen protests over the idea, right, of this happening. So I think there's just, you know, it's, it's a powder keg in a lot of ways. So, I, you know, we got to be praying for everybody on the ground, you know, for all the innocents across the board and for peace. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're starting to see now, all right, we had this rocket from, you know, in Yemen that the that the USS warship supposedly intercepted. Now we're hearing about attacks on US targets in Iraq and things of that nature. So yeah, I mean it's it's a powder keg and we need to be praying because the last thing we want here is this a global war drawn out, of course. I mean, that's just it would be horrible on on so many fronts. So continue praying for that. All right. Hey, we have time for one last thing here. We're going to look at Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And just a reminder of what, what the things that are eternal that are going to last, right? And the things that, are, that we can focus on that we know are going to have value for eternity. And it's a good reminder for here and for this uh, life to come. Yeah, absolutely. Looking above and not being obsessed with what's happening around us. Yeah, absolutely. That, 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 I mean, those are the kinds of um, things we can get peace from, from God in the midst of this chaos we were just talking about. And we also should be praying about here with all the looming uh, tensions that are happening around the globe. All right. We're thankful you're here with us this week. That is all we have for this week. And um, we're going to be praying as that ground invasion looms. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We'll be back here on Monday with more. God bless. We'll see you then. Have a great, great weekend.